0: and uh, you got this energy. Episodes will also feature actual practical tips and answers to questions, including, well, what do I say when? And, well, what do I do when? So that you feel equipped to handle the day to day parenting puzzles we face. So pour yourself a cuppa, or lace up some shoes, or hide in your busy parent bathroom for a bit, and join me for head and heart conversations about loving and living with children walking past less often traveled. Have I mentioned I'm glad you're here? I trust that you'll be glad. Hi, everybody. I am so glad you are here this week. Welcome to my podcast. And I have a very, very special guest. <laughs> this podcast is, is real-world parenting tips and scripts for families on roads less traveled. I'm Dr. Laura Anderson with Common Core Psychology Services. And I have perhaps my favorite person in the whole wide world here with me today, my child. Dun, dun, dun. And he has agreed. We were chatting about like, wouldn't it be fun? Cause, Cause I don't know if any of you out there have children with big personalities whose shadow you are consistently in, but that's the case here at the Anderson household. <laughs> and we got chatting about what would be fun to talk about in this uh, podcast. like. It, What would he want people to know? And so we kind of landed on the idea of this is, you know, what it's like when you have a therapist or a psychologist for a parent. So welcome. Hi. I am super glad you're here today. And also with us is our family pet, Dolce, who um, probably won't participate too much in in
1: this. Yeah, he
0: probably won't participate.
1: (laughs) Dolce, do you have anything to say? Oh.
0: Oh no, he's just patting the mic. <laughs> um, all right, so let's let's just chat, buddy. What do you think? What what have been the good things about having a therapist psychologist parent?
1: You're aware. Um, you're, having the good things of that are that you're aware of your surroundings a lot of the time, and you don't say anything that like could be like offensive or mean to anyone. and You're really nice to a lot of people. Um, which I enjoy and I enjoy having like
0: a parent who, um, is really understanding of most people. But what do you, but does that mean that you have to like act a certain way all the time? Like, is that the bummer part of that? Like you have to, do you feel as if you sort of can't be yourself sometimes because of mama's job?
1: No. Um, I personally do not because I feel like since you're my mom, it's not like that much of an issue um so I feel like, I feel completely fine
0: about that. Okay. So it's more that you when you say nice to people what do you mean? You mean like you're trying to be understanding of like yes. what makes other people tick? Yes. Has it been frustrating for you sometimes when other people are kind of being turkeys and and mama tries to explain it by like understanding they may be having a hard day, like if other people have ever been mean or if other people are behaving poorly? Is it frustrating because mom tries to explain it in some kind of psychology way?
1: Yeah, yeah sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it can be kind of a pain. <laughs> it can be a pain because you just want
0: to be mad, right? Yeah. And instead, I'm trying to have you understand somebody else's perspective. Mm-hmm. Or understanding the way that like a nervous kid may have issues that come out, or a sad kid may have issues that come out yeah very much so okay and sometimes you just want to be mad and feel your feelings yeah um and what's another good thing about having a parent who's a therapist
1: um another good thing would probably be like uh no that's not supposed to be mean okay well <laughs> what were you doing <laughs> no I wasn't gonna say anything no it was just that I was like laughing about. okay but I, another good thing would probably be like um probably like yes there's still ups and downs but probably like less like blowing up at other people because you're able to like control yourself probably more than another adult I, I know like yeah yeah there's obviously like still moments that are like kind of that, that are
0: kind of like bad but like because yeah. so like, I lose my temper sometimes, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, I'm a human. But what you're saying is, in public, there have been less sort of scenes because yeah. I kind of try to stay in, in touch with my emotions yeah. and stay...
1: Staying in touch with yourself and not n- not being crazy. And just knowing that, like, n- that knowing that you're in public. And I've seen a lot of other parents who might have a different approach
0: to a parent. And, okay. Yeah. Um, tell me what are some of the downsides of having a mental health person or a psychologist as a parent. Um, it would probably be
1: that um there's a lot more like as you said earlier, like when there's like a downfall, with like a friendship or something, you always try to like understand the other person's side. <laughs> which would sometimes be kinda of ghetto. Um but
0: what's another thing about having a psychologist parent that's frustrating for you? Um, Being told you can't use certain words, like ghetto and things like that. So having a mom who is interested in kind of social justice and and, um, wellness and like the good news is, would you describe me as open minded or closed minded? I would describe you absolutely
1: as close-minded. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> open-minded, very much open-minded. Um, yeah, but it can be kind of tough sometimes because she tries to get me into, like, activities and stuff that necessarily I definitely wouldn't do if I didn't live with this um, woman. <laughs>
0: uh, right, right. So I value things, like, what are the things that we... I'm trying to get you into activities, to connect with other group and other kids because there's this bummer, right, that I have this idea in my head I have a very research-backed idea in my head and experience-backed idea in my head that, like, more activities are helpful for kids to feel at their best. And so so more activities are helpful and less what? What do we argue a lot about? Because I'm a psychologist.
1: Um, she yeah. argue a lot about screen time and um, sort of, like, the, the consumption of how much time I spend on my phone or computer, iPad, whatever it is. She de- she's not definitely not the biggest fan of um, a lot of screen time. Um, and I can understand where it's sort of coming from. But also, like, if for example, like, if she were a psychologist, I feel like she wouldn't have, like, the
0: knowledge of that. So she'd be a bit more oblivious um, <laughs> to screen time. Well, and for those of you who know me know I'm pretty oblivious about tech stuff in general. But I am not oblivious about... uh how we want to have balance in our kids' lives around their screens. Do you know when your screen time is a problem? Yeah. Yeah. Do you like to admit that to me? Next question. Great. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. funny. I'm going to do... A, well, it was funny. I'm going to do a, a whole other session on what it's like to parent as a psychologist, but, and, and there, you just heard it. You have kids who, who, um, ask a lot of questions and think well and, and, um, punt, uh, when they don't want to. So, so is it hard to acknowledge when tech is causing an issue?
1: Um, sometimes, sometimes. So, sometimes yes. And sometimes no, because as I said earlier, it, it's fun, but, and it's kind of annoying when she tries to get like all involved in my technology consumption here.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's a downer in having somebody who knows the, the, the research and the information. So sometimes you wish I didn't have the like studies. Do you, do, you, do you wish I wouldn't talk about that? Like I'm trying to think for other therapists who are listening here and who are raising kids. Do you wish I wouldn't say the research says, or all the studies show. Do you wish I wouldn't do that, or is it helpful for you when I do?
1: It, to be to be honest, if I'm being honest here, yes, it is literally so far from helpful, y'all. Y'all, by yes. telling me that like the research showing that kind of stuff and everything, you are not you are not changing your children's ideas at all, unless your children are you like take your children into surgery and like reroute their brain to thinking exactly everything you say is true. Like you're
0: like a dictator. (laughs) So what do you think? Okay. So quoting research doesn't help around screens or anything, any issue. What's a good way to get kids to do something that we know is helpful for them? Like exercise activities, friendship time, Uh, less screen time without talking about the research and what we see at work in my personal opinion offering rewards
1: (laughs) would be the absolute best (laughs) idea in this circumstance because y'all i'm not saying that you gotta pay your children to be friends with that one kid who lives like a block away i'm just saying like you, you don't have to pay your kids to hang out with you. You don't have to pay your kids to read. You don't have to pay your kids to do things. Even if you have, like, you don't have to pay them to do that. Offer, like, rewards. So, for example, like, you can go to, like, you can go to Chick-fil-A, McDonald's. You can go wherever. You can you can go for a fast food drive. Um, do something that your child would enjoy in, in, in that circumstance. Instead of, instead of telling me that,
0: um, I'm going to end up on the streets. So, (laughs) okay. A couple of points of clarification. Another problem with having a psychologist mom is that I have a hard time with some fast food places, including Chick-fil-A, who has very LGBTQ phobic policies. And so I don't support them and having an adolescent, they like to, um, needle me (coughs) about that. So anyway, on another note, what you're saying is, Quoting research isn't helpful, but maybe trying to work so that good things are coming into a kid's life. Like, hey, if you can take on this challenge, if you can get exercising again, let's do something fun for you. Or if you make a couple of friend plans this week, let's hook up something that you enjoy. Yes. That kind of thing. Yeah,
1: that kind of thing. I might have phrased it a bit in the, like, the wrong way.
0: Um, but- <laughs> I thought you were going to ask for some Gucci slides or something if you, okay. yeah. if no. you exercise. No, 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 no. Because you're reasonable. You would never do that.
1: Okay. No, you have to reward your children with something that's like, you can. You don't have to reward them every time, but like, sort of like, if you exercise a week straight, we can like, I'll order your Amazon card. If you, <laughs> if you, if you
0: like, do better in school, get better grades. Uh, or do your best, right? Do your best in school. Then, then good things will come to you. Then, yeah, then good things will come to you. Stuff you enjoy, we can do.
1: Yes, yes. I'm not talking about a trip to um, Boca Raton, Florida. I'm talking about, like, just something that's, like, quick. Like, a quick trip to McDonald's, something like that. (laughs) Let's just hope not to, like, scratch the side of your car,
0: gash the the side of it. That's That's another family story. Another family story. Anyway, okay. So, what I'm hearing you say is, offer rewards for um or or positive time rather than threatening people with research rather than threatening kids with the bad stuff that's going to come to them if they don't change these behaviors um even if we have the research the best thing to do is to try to engage kids in what it would be like to do something fun with you and um have a reward, quote unquote. I like what you're saying about not making it monetary. It can be time spent together. It can be a game, card games, craft projects, walking a special way with the dog, just doing stuff like that that is a positive thing rather than using what us mental health folks know in research and behavioral strategies. Do you... Do you remember when you were little and I used to do lots of like airplane points and and uh, star charts and stuff like that? Do you remember that? Unfortunately, I do. <laughs> How did those go for us? Um, you know, because that's a way to get rewards. It, yeah, it was a way to get
1: rewards. Um, half the time those ended up being unwrapped and then. Horribly boxed back together with the duct tape in the junk drawer to try to make it look like I hadn't used it before. Like when she tried to get me, like when she would get those little like music things from Walmart and you would like, you know, like with them music things. She and then and then she, before she comes back or something, I'd hide them and in them like boxes and put them back where they were before in the garage or something. Um, it was very clear that, um,
0: they were closed up very wow. I could just say they were from Wish, but I'm not sure. And it didn't, so it d- doesn't necessarily didn't work. Didn't help you feel successful and it didn't, didn't clarify stuff. So it rewards don't have to be things. They don't have to be points. They can be if it works for your kid, but, but f- how did it feel to be part of a points plan? It was nice, I guess, to get what I wanted eventually,
1: but also it was like a total pain at some points because like it would turn into like arguments with like, Biting each other and stuff and then saying that and then like yelling at each other. Yes. Yes, people. just yeah. parents yell at children.
0: <laughs> there you have it. Uh, and this is a parent podcast for parents. So I'm okay saying, as you see in my intro to this, we have the marshmallow story where I drove over some marshmallows in the driveway. If you haven't listened to that particular ditty, that was a parenting uh, low point, funny low point. But sure, I do lose my temper and it's a good reminder that I need to stay regulated and I need to do some self-care. And I think for those of you therapists that are out there listening to this, our jobs, you know, require us to show up and to be emotionally present and to be um, to be available and metered and balanced and think ahead of folks. And so sometimes, you know, at the end of the day, in the middle of the day, when we come to our family, we may feel as if we don't have a lot left to give. And that adds to the short fuse and the frustration that that comes out on kids. So here's another reminder that self-care really, really matters. (laughs) Make sure you get your ocean time, your coffee time, your exercise, your reading, your crosswords, your staring at the ceiling time, Um, all that stuff is super important to stay, to stay balanced, right? We have to follow our own, own advice and, and put our own masks on first. What do other kids or adults say to you about having a therapist parent?
1: To have them don't even know that you are a therapist unless like I'm good friends with them. Um, but for example, like I have had someone ask if, um, you could be their therapist.
0: Hmm so right and you know that 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 yeah, yeah, doesn't yeah. doesn't really work I Yeah,
1: no, i know and then they're like they're like how much does she charge an hour for this therapy i'm like oh i do not think you he want her as a therapist but um <laughs> yeah don't they'll, they'll ask me to be that she can be the therapist they'll ask if they can i've had someone to ask me ask me like oh what's your mom's clients
0: names and things like that girl i don't know Yeah. No, you can't know that. Right. So and you're clear about that. So sometimes you can just remind people that's how that that works. These are the things I don't know and can't know. But sometimes kids are curious about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything else that has been a good part or a bad part of having a psychologist parent? Do I use funny words sometimes? Do you think I use like...
1: Yeah, she does use funny words from her $450 psychologist book from college that she got <laughs> scammed out of, that she could have on um, Amazon for $5.46.
0: Uh, Clearly, you all can hear that my family contains a wheeler and dealer. Point being that sometimes, I think mean, one of the big takeaways today, this is just a kind of a quick sit and listen and get, in, and one of the things that struck me was that sometimes you as a kid don't want to be expected to understand or expected to regulate yourself or expected to always think about how other people are thinking and feeling that sometimes you just want to be able to be mad or sad and, and like lose it a little bit without having somebody try to, do you think mom tries to like therapy you? Um, no, you
1: most definitely do not, um, try to therapy. You do, you do your best, but like, the thing is, yeah, you're. I'm your child, so I can't really like. You can't really therapy me in the first place. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd both um end up in prison, Judy Hall, um Alcatraz, <laughs> um either of those two places. Um, the choice is always yours. But she doesn't try to therapy me. She more tries to like help me through things, but not like therapy me. Sort of just like average parenting skills.
0: My next podcast will be, by the way, ten tips to raise a dramatic child. I think it will be. I think the evidence speaks for itself that I'm quite successful in this regard. So yes, it's true. I cannot do therapy on you because ethically we have guidelines and boundaries and can't do it with close friends and family members for sure. Yeah, And I can't afford my therapy bill anyway. <laughs> so, so, so what advice we gave one bit of advice to, to offer young people something enjoyable as a motivator to do something they want. What other advice would you offer to parents who are trying to figure out how to get their kids to do things that are good for them? Um, I would say
1: I would probably um as I said before, it doesn't have to be rewards. It can be like it can be like small things for like twenty minutes later bedtime. Cause I'm 90% sure y'all therapist parents don't act like don't act. Don't tell me that your children don't have bedtimes. If you are if you are an actual therapist, your children probably have bedtimes, um, and you probably have their devices out in the kitchen. Uh, probably having trying to get a burglar to take them, um, but also things like that. So also can you can say, oh, you can keep your devices in your room tonight. You can um, stay up 20 whole minutes past your bedtime, but all the Wi-Fi has been cut. So you can only watch a loading screen for your Samsung television. But sort of just small things along the lines of those or take your kid for like a fun excursion.
0: Or something like that. Sort of just like a fun reward, actually. Ah, and actually use some of the things that you're talking about. Like if a child is really motivated to be up a little bit later, then say, hey, you can, you can have some extra time tonight if you're reading. Or, you know, hey, for every minute you exercise today, let's work on, you know, maybe you can stay up a little bit later. Or... You've handled your tech limits at night really well. You've taken the phone out of your room or your devices out of your room every night. So it's Saturday night, this night. You can you can have it in there because you've been responsible the other times. Is that kind of what you're thinking about? Yes. Use those things that motivate a kid as part of the reinforcement? Yes, some motivations. And I heard you say in there, right, like bedtime sleep regulation is very important for kid wellness. So having some way to make sure kids are getting good sleep is very important. Yeah, apparently. What about when if kids don't want to eat healthily? What about if kids are not getting the nutrition they need? What advice do you have for for parents or therapist parents who are trying to figure out how to get their kids to eat lots of colorful veggies to feel better and do more?
1: That one actually—I never thought I'd actually say this—but that one is sort of like this green time one that we were talking about earlier. That one actually can sometimes call for traumatization. So what I mean by that is like by by having an actual like serious conversation and saying like by eating this much, you're not gonna feel very well, and it's you're you're not gonna feel well. You could be sick. You're not gonna be this. You're not gonna be the healthy person you once were. You're not gonna have as much energy, and usually that can motivate your kid to be
0: like, oh. Oh, no. Okay. I'm going to be crazy. So being able to direct. Well, how do psychologists and therapists feel about the word crazy? Mm. What do we say about it? Technically, in your
1: guys' world, nobody is crazy. Um, They might just be um, misunderstood. (laughs) Um, Here, I'm using air quotes. Um, Misunderstood. um, Upset. But absolutely. Disregulated. Disregulated. Yes. But absolutely, absolutely not crazy. No human ever has been right. crazy apparently.
0: So part of having a psychologist uh, as a parent is um, getting feedback about words you choose and language you choose, mm-hmm. right? Because language has meaning. Do you love that?
1: Yeah, I absolutely love that so much. I am leaping up and down with joy right now with a huge smile on my face. I look like... Um, I just broke the pinata at my birthday party.
0: <laughs> well, on that delightful note, we're going to stop this snack that is some thoughts about parents, how parents can understand the way their parenting lands on their kid and what it's like if you have a kid who, If for those of you out there who are therapists, um, got some, some good tidbits in there about what. Uh, what we can shift so that we communicate more effectively with our kids, some good tips from my child, some, some big reminders about uh, self-care, this is a marathon, staying open in communication. And one of the other things I often talk about as a parenting tool is exactly what this turned into is asking for impromptu feedback. None of this was planned. We had no idea what we were going to say. And making room for just having real conversations with your kids about what's working. To, to have things flow in your house the way you want it to and what's not working to flow in your house the way you want it to. When things are calm, when you can come together and say, what works for you? What do you think we're winning with right now? What do you think we're struggling with? Um, what do you think, like we've got this problem thing we keep fighting about, whether it's dog walking or computer screens or whatever, like let's, let's put heads together. What do you think? How do we solve this? What might work? Let's get our kids invested in that when everybody's calm And hopefully we see, um, you know, movement. And if we don't see movement, at least we see and hear connection, which is a huge part of attachment, learning, love, and families. So thank you very much for making time in your busy schedule today to come and school me and hopefully offer some tidbits to my listeners out there. Anything you want to say in closing? Um not not really thank you for
1: um listening half the things i said on here are not credible at all
0: um thank you for having me um don't invite me back again oh that's no funny. i'm just kidding <laughs> i can invite you back on 77 different topics love spending time with you all right and um yeah as i said maybe we'll stay tuned for a future podcast that runs along the lines of how to um uh, foster verbal banter, creative wit, and, um, and dramatic flair in your family. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining me this week. I appreciate it. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Well, thanks for listening today. Just a quick note here at the end to say, I am so glad you joined and I hope you are too. And if you'd like to connect with me more, come take a look at my website, www.drlaraanderson.com. There you can join my newsletter, keep in touch and find out what is in the works. You can also join me for coffee and conversation and uh, Facebook at Common Core Psychology Services. So check me out those places and I look forward to further connection. I'm glad you were here today.